Thank you so much for tuning in today to the Parent Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Mel Elvar, mama of 23-month-old wild child, Benjamin Michael. I can't even believe he's a month away from being two years old right now. It's, it's incredible how time flies. Today, I'll be chatting with my colleague and good friend, Tatiana, and her husband, Jake. Tatiana and I work very closely together here in Duluth, Minnesota, and I'm so grateful that her and Jake were able to take some time out of their day to chat with me about their situation. All right, welcome. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Um, this is Mel with the Parent Chat Podcast. I, <laughs> this is, uh, these are my friends, Tatiana and Jake. Uh, we're just going to jump right into their story because um, they have a really unique one to tell. So Tatiana, why don't you start us off by telling us a little bit about how you guys met? Oh, thanks, Mel. I'm seriously so happy to be on your podcast. This is, I think I should start out by saying how we know each other, right? Or are you going to do that? That um, we know each other from working together in the um, social service world and we slowly but surely became really good friends and so this is um it's really special to do this because it's like we know each other in work and then now outside of work and this is just like a whole different part of our lives that we're kind of talking about so it's kind of cool um but yeah we have an interesting ridiculous <laughs> story <laughs> um I think, so we met in 2010, um, so 10 years ago now, and um, we, um, I'm trying to think of even where to start. I had been in um, an on and off relationship that was pretty long term, and it was kind of at that point where you're like, are we going to keep talking? Are we going to cut this off? Like, what's the deal? Like, we can't, like, you know, we can't just keep going as we are. And so um, at that point, I, we were both, you know, I was single and I was not really looking for a relationship, which is how every relation, good relationship sometimes starts, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad had started dating um, his, this woman, his girlfriend, and um, his girlfriend had an older son. Mm-hmm. And so, so, um, so it kind of starts out for me where I am living with that older son at his mom's house. And we were there kind of with the understanding that she was going to move to California and he, and, you know, by extension me, we were going to get that house. So as, you know, some young 20 somethings, you're like, this is sweet. You know, we've got our own place, you know, yada, yada. And I'm coming home from work one night and I meet, uh, you know, Roxana's new boyfriend, Bill. And he, you know, he's telling me about his beautiful daughter, Tatiana. And they are talking about this dinner party that they're going to have, you know, this coming Friday. So Roxana is a phenomenal cook. So I'm like, awesome. Mm-hmm. Very least, I'm going to get, you know, a really nice meal out of this. Cool. You know, what do I have to lose? Um, so I'm like, yeah, you know, absolutely. I would, you know, I would, I would love to come. And so at this point, my dad um, and had wanted me to, you know, meet Roxana's son. And 
you know, I knew her a little bit, but I hadn't spent much time with her. So this was kind of going to be the meal that like, we all sat down we kind of figured, you know, what is really going on here between my dad and Roxana and like, so, you know, that was my main focus. And um, I get to the house, excuse me, I have a, <laughs> I get to the house and there's like an extra chair at the table and I'm like, that's weird. And, um, you know, at, Jake wasn't down there at first. So I was like, you know, I'm just like, kind of like, this is so awkward, first of all. That's, that's not accurate. You I weren't was, down there when I got there. And I so, was. no, you weren't. And so <laughs> you weren't, cause you, I vividly remember you coming downstairs and I had been there for a little bit talking with um, a few people that were there. And so, um, so yeah, so Jay comes down and I'm like, who is this dude? And he's like dressed up. Um, and my dad was like, oh, this is Jake. And I was like, okay, great. And um, he's like, Jake's gonna join us for dinner. And then I realized what was happening was that my dad and Roxanna were like setting us up. And it like all started to hit me in that moment of like, this isn't a meal for all of us to sit down and like get to know each other. This is a meal so you can, so my dad can set me up with this guy that he met. And then we go to the table and I'm like already inwardly just pissed off. Mm -hmm. And we go sit down and um, they made us sit next to each other, which was <laughs> not oh, I mean, it was horrible. Awkward. Like, I knew it right so away that, that it was a setup. So I got to watch kind of in real time when she realized what was going on. And, you know, it was kind of one of those events where, you know, everything that could go wrong was going wrong. So they're, you know, they're trying to play me up and, you know, like, you know, put me on this pedestal but they're doing it in the way that parents do. So they're talking about how polite I am, which, you know, <laughs> let me tell you, that's, that's what every girl wants a selling characteristic to be. Um, and then it just so happened that me and Tatiana's dad were wearing the same shirt. He had a vest and other things over it, so you wouldn't have known, but of course, <laughs> yeah, he brought it up, so that, yeah. you know. And I vividly remember thinking like, hey, what are you going to school for? Like, you know, it's dead silent. Like everyone's mm -hmm. eating. Everyone realizes that this is like not where I want to be. And I um I have like resting bitch face anyway. So when he, I'm not happy, like you just <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. on my face. Yeah. So everyone's feeling weird. And then Jake's trying to like break the ice and asking me what I do for school. And I'm like, I'm in social work. Or so I, I'm getting a social yeah. work degree. So then I, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna shoot my shot. And I hit her with this one. So what are you going to do with it? <laughs> and that was like the end of our communication at that point. And yeah. so I, we get done with the dinner. I'm like over it. I want to go. I had plans with um, the, the guy I had, my ex, essentially, that I had had the on and off thing with for years and years. And um, I was like, screw this. I want to get out of here. I want to go home. Like, or, you know, I want to just leave. So as soon as we were done eating, I'm like, I'm leaving. And um, my dad was like, why don't you let Jake like walk you to your car? And I was like, <laughs> nope. And I literally just like left. And that was the end of it. And um, then I go hang out with my ex and some friends. And I like kind of vent about what, what had just happened. And um, it, you know, it became kind of like an argument between us. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, screw you. Like, screw you. Like, I'm trying to vent to you and you're getting weird about it and we're done. Like it was kind of like the end of uh, like the decision was made at that point. Mm, like that, and, um, that story closed. Right yes, there. exactly. Mm. 
Wow. Yeah. Just think, if you would if you would have played it cool, you never yeah. would have gotten all this. Um, that's accurate. <laughs> and so, so you know, I I I get home. My dad's home, and um, my dad was, my dad is you know a pretty chill guy, and he you know at that point wasn't really. He was letting me do my college thing. He was leaving me be, you know, and so I would come and go and he was up though. And I was like, oh, what's going on? And he was like, we need to talk. And so um, I sit down and he's like, I don't care if you don't like him. I don't care if you um, never want to talk to him again, but how you acted tonight was so rude. I did not raise you to be that rude. You need to apologize. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> dang it. And then, you know, at first it was like, screw that. Like, you set me up. And then I started to feel bad. And I'm like, yeah, it's not Jake's fault. Like, I was rude. And so I got his number. The next day I texted him and I'm like, I'm sorry. And, you know, if you ever want to hang out with a group of friends, you know, let me know type of thing because you're in college and you do things like that. Mm -hmm. and then, I, then I took my second chance. Yes. And then about 10 minutes later, he's like, all right, you want to go see a movie? And I was like, dang it, I have to go because I said yes. Like I said, <laughs> if you ever want to hang out, like I, I'm like, screw it, sure. And um, so yeah, we went to see a movie. We ate at Pizza Luce, a local pizza place here in town. And we were there for like, <laughs> um, <laughs> we were there for like five hours just talking. Mm -hmm. And that's really how it started. And it was really nice because Jake, um, I'm amazed. But, I mean, he was, he was, he was so <laughs> respectful. And at that time, and I think, um, you know, many young women at that age, it's like, it's hard to find anything past surface at that mm -hmm. age. And mm -hmm. so um, it was just nice. And so that was kind of how it started. And then from there, really, we um, moved in together fairly quickly. Um, we moved, you know, we moved into our apartment, we lived with friends. And, but we stayed together. And so we got married in 2013. And at that point, we had been living in the cities. And you had met, though, in 2010. So yeah, all, so all of that three intro. Years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, but that's how we met. And so um, it's kind of a funny story because my dad, like, loves to <laughs> share that. <laughs> that he is, like, to blame for, or not to blame, but he <laughs> takes credit for our marriage so it's it's kind of funny i think it's just the sweetest story to tell because i i'm the same way i don't like surprises i don't like mm -hmm. being blindsided and if someone would have told me like hey we're gonna have this dinner and there's gonna be this cool guy there and like just just be chill like it's all no pressure no whatever like if someone would have laid things out like that do you think it would have maybe gone a little bit better that you know night? what and actually when you said that i actually think that roxana had texted me like an hour before that dinner to be like hey jake is this guy jake is gonna be there and i was like okay like an i already said i was gonna go yeah i think I, you know it's like what am i gonna do say like <laughs> yeah i'm not coming right i mean yeah. i guess you could have just not come all together but yeah yeah and i didn't realize though it was a setup i think that was the thing because in mm -hmm. my head it was like oh jake already lives there it makes sense that like, he's gonna grab food I you know yeah. and so then i once i realized like oh this is more than just mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah yeah but i guess you know sometimes your dad knows best <laughs> sometimes know. yeah so yeah. so you guys are married and living in the cities. What happens then? Yeah, so um, 
we so, had been married. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, we had, I think we had been married for uh, for maybe a month, and we had just kind of gotten to the point where we were putting our life together down there. We like we moved down there for uh, for for my job, and then Tatiana started selling Aflac, like uh, supplementary insurance. Okay. And you know, it's like it's a really tough gig when you don't have the connections and like the history down there. So. I mean, she was, to her credit, she was hustling. She was working really hard, but just wasn't really breaking in. And it was, you know, we were barely scraping by on, you know, on one salary. So she started hustling even harder and started picking up like a couple part-time jobs. And so we're right at that point where like, all right, you know, we're we're able to pay our bills. Mm -hmm. We are saving money every month. Mm -hmm. We can kind of do what we want. And it's not like, what, what bills are we going to pay this week? And, Mm -hmm. you know, how are we going to have gas money for, you know, until next paycheck, (laughs) you know, those, those fun problems. And, uh, she, she got contacted by a nonprofit that she had interned in, in Washington, DC. Yeah. Prior to meeting Jake, I had done, um, two internships. Summers. Um, and so this was an agency that I was familiar with and I had really wanted, I mean, what college kid doesn't want the opportunity if given to them to like work in Washington, DC. So that was like, um, and I had really good friends at this agency and stuff. So I was like, really, you know, if I ever get the chance someday, I'm going to go like, that was kind of my be all end all of like professional careers, which I know you can relate to. And, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, well, and, and to be hired by the place you interned mm-hmm. at, right? Yes. Like that's also like the ultimate, yeah. I think, compliment absolutely. as well. Like, yeah. Some validity. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think before I had met Jake, I was, you know, Jake and I, my, my dad and, and, um, his girlfriend now wife got married and, um, we had a lot going on in our family at that time. And so it was kind of like, you know what, like, um, I, I might just move back to DC. I might just drop out of college, like, and move back. Like, there's really not a whole, like, I'm frustrated here in, you know, Minnesota. Um, I don't really care about school because there's, like, all this other stuff going on. And so I would always, I think, had that mindset that I'm going to be in DC at some point. And then the opportunity came for me to, to work there just doing, like, a basic, um, I don't even know, like, like an entry level an entry, uh, fundraising yeah. position. Yeah. So I, I told her, like, all right, you know, talk to them, listen to what they have to offer, and then, you know, we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. And what Tatiana heard was, take the job. Well, and he was like, this is so cool. Like, this is, he was really happy for me, but I mistook that as yeah. like, oh, this is going to be great for us. <laughs> Let's go. Go and yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah. You know, so yeah. I'm kind of, yeah. Communication. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, so often I think you can have a couple where, you, you know, go into a conversation and person A thinks that you, you know, everything is understood. Person B thinks everything is understood, but they're on two completely different pages. And absolutely. You know, that, that's absolutely where we were at that point in time. And, you know, so mm-hmm. I'm put in this position where yeah. okay, we've been married for a month. This is you. I mean, you've talked to me about this. This is your dream job, you know, at this point in your life, mm-hmm. this is, this is your goal. So I'm like, well, I, you know, mm-hmm. I can either say, you know, nope, this is not going to happen. Put up, you know, like put my foot down or however you want to, you know, however you want to say it and, you know, like dig into the mm-hmm. sand and, and, you know, start that argument or, you know, you mm-hmm. can say yes. 
Yeah, and I think too, it, it, we mm -hmm. need to add that like, I we are different personalities. So I'm always like, let's get to the next thing. Let's do the next thing. I'm done with this thing. Let's go do this thing. Like for me, professional even, as you know, I'm always like, boom, boom, boom. You're like a bag of yep. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> great explanation. And so, um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so I'm always like, that's my, that's how I am. And so, um, I love to move. I love to travel. So I was like, you know what, let's do it. Like, what do we, <laughs> what do we have to lose? And I thought that <laughs> since Jake had moved to the cities, he was kind of like, mm -hmm. this, not on the same level, but like open to it. Right. Like, okay. I, he moved sure. from Duluth to the cities. Like Which, he'll be down. Well, I mean, that was that was huge for me. Like, mm -hmm. I, I thought I was gonna live my entire life in Duluth. And Jake is very he mm. needs he likes routine. He's very like grounded, and um, I really mm. res respect that. But um, I have mm -hmm. come to I actually do I've come to really respect it. But I think um, you know when you're married and um, you're in that honeymoon phase and you're just like we're just gonna do like the world is ours. <laughs> Mm -hmm. The world is an mm -hmm. oyster. You're and like you should have your own view on mm -hmm. what your life is going to look like. Yeah, and right, right. You haven't gotten to that point where you're having those hard conversations yeah. and like having those disagreements. Yeah, and... you're definitely yeah. So that's kind of I think it's good to say that because it wasn't like I was a very grounded human being to begin with, where this was like so out of the ordinary for me. Mm -hmm. Um. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So we he was like obviously not happy about it but we made the move very very begrudgingly mm -hmm. yeah we <laughs> yes. got a u-haul we sold all of our stuff we sold it like one of our cars or both of our cars yeah. and we left and um so we got to dc and um i remember i was like i was so upset that you know i was like well when we go down there like I'm not gonna work for a little bit. Like I just want to be able to relax. You wanted to be a housewife, a DC housewife. Yeah, but you didn't make enough money for that really to work out. So I still haven't gotten to realize that dream. <laughs> well, what did? Well, so then, what did that push you into doing for work then, Jake? What did that look like for you when oh, you guys got to DC? So for the first, I would say month, month and a half, I didn't do anything. We were living. Um, I had a really like one of my best friends who let us. Um, stay on her one bedroom apartment on her couch. Mm -hmm. She so, like, was so nice and oh, phenomenal. Awesome. Like it was, I mean, she was she was such a wonderful person. You yeah. Know? But me not working was kind of nice because it, it gave me the free time to be able to hunt down and like find a really overpriced um, <laughs> studio okay. apartment. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you know, we we got to the point where, you know, it was like, all right, you know. You, Jake, you need to figure something out. So mm -hmm. I, I'd been working for AT&T selling phones when I was in the cities. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, applied for uh, for a corporate store there. The first interview went really well. I had a second interview scheduled, you know, I was still applying for other jobs. And I, I found on Craigslist um, a uh, job posting for, uh, for a pizzeria just outside of DC mm -hmm. for, uh, for a busboy position. Mm -hmm. And so me, <laughs> uh, you know all of my maturity like, well i'm gonna apply there mm -hmm. and you know it seemed like a kind you know like a fun cool place to work and it was you know 15 hours on the weekends so i was like well this is what i want to do mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah and i mean like it was fine i think like um i 
I think I grew up with um, like a family who had some thoughts on what would be considered like a good job or not, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so when Jake got the position, I was like, why would you work? Like, why yep. would you do that? When you yep. could, like, you have the potential to do this and make this money. So I was like, you know, I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. And I, it was kind of, you know, in my head, I'm like, I'm working, you know, at this like DC job. And this is mm-hmm. like, you know, I want to go up and like, I don't mm-hmm. get what you're doing. You know, that like was that like, career mindset versus yeah. like job. This is a yeah. job. I'm in a career. What is, yes. what is this? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Part of the reason why I took that job was just out of spite of that. Whole yeah. Situation. But I think there's, you know, there's a truth where you can have an outcome that you don't really understand is going to happen when you go into the situation. So some of the best things can happen out of some of the, you know, some of the worst situations. And And it was great. And Jake, I've always thought this about him is he is a leader. Like he has got like, um, personality wise he's got that authority like people look up to him in a work setting mm-hmm. and I have like I'm not naturally like that like I have to make sure I know what I'm doing in order to feel <laughs> legit <laughs> which we've also <laughs> talked about a million times right yeah. um, until you make it that imposter yeah. syndrome but Jake has always had like he's very smart he memorizes things really easily he learns really quick and things like any job he's ever had he's been like like working his way up within like months or week or years so skill um, that's a lot of skill yes yeah and so it's super cool so I never doubted that he would do that but it was Mm -hmm. just like Mm -hmm. why are you doing this like when you could be over in DC you could be working for like a nonprofit and be like a you know whatever you know I don't know which I mean which is like that's very fair Mm -hmm. yeah you know so I it, it, it was you know, one of those situations where it was like, it was the best opportunity at the right time. And these things really fell into place. Okay. And mm-hmm. The GM at the time, I remember like when I sat down for the interview, I, and I told him, I was like, I want to, you know, I want to do what you do, but I know mm-hmm. that I, I have zero restaurant experience and, mm-hmm. you know, I need to start from the bottom. Mm-hmm. He really liked that. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of took me under his wing, um, spent some time with me, like mentored and taught me a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And cool. Um, you know, within That's two great. years, and I went from being a support staff to uh, you know, to being the general, the general manager, manager of the restaurant. Yeah, yeah, That's it was great. cool. Yeah, so we moved there, and then a year, um, not even a year since we had been there, we got pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I should say this too. Um, you know, I love my kids with my with everything, but I Absolutely. never wanted to be a parent. Mm-hmm. I was like, that is not like my thing like I never and you know I had parents who were like very success-minded education-minded and it was like Mm -hmm. you do that (laughs) like that and not that they you know whatever but it was like Mm -hmm. you don't have to abide within these like rules gender roles Mm -hmm. yes it was like you be successful if that's what you want to do like so that was my mindset Mm -hmm. and so um and, you know, when Jake and I got married, we were both on that same page of like, we're good. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't even, you know, I feel like if I was also not one to be like, I want to get married. It was, I think if he hadn't proposed, we, you know, I would have been fine just yeah. doing that whole, like, we're in a long-term relationship mm-hmm. for the rest of our lives thing. And so, you know, I never wanted those things. And then, yeah. 
I think it's, I think it's important to, to, to speak to that truth because, um, I, I think I felt very much the same way myself that like, even after we were married, like to spite people who were like, so when you, when you having the babies yet, when are you having Mm -hmm. babies yet? And I'm like, can we just, can we just breathe? Can we like be married? Can we just do our thing? Why is, why is it this, 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 this? And so I think it's, I think it's okay. And there should be no shame in people and parents admitting like, of course I love my children, Mm-hmm. But our truth is yes. that we never thought we would have kids and, yep. and our story changed and here's how it changed. And we are actually yeah. good parents, you know? So, yeah. 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 And you know, I think too, like, I, I guess I can't speak for Jake. I don't, I guess I never, did you ever think you would have kids or did you ever want kids? I don't know. I mean, so for me, it was always a, uh, in the future thought, like, yeah. You know, if if I'm ready or when I'm ready. <laughs> when I'm you're 50 deal. years old. Well, 50, 55, 55, 60. <laughs> I mean, you know, when I'm retirement age, I want to keep busy. Yeah. But my dad was, was sure. you know, really, really awesome. And uh, when we got married, he kind of like, he, he took me aside and he gave me um, some of the, like, some of the most worthwhile advice that I've gotten in my life. So the first mm-hmm. thing he said to me was, was about marriage. And he's like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, like, right. you know, Marriage is about making it to 100%. But, you know, there are going to be some days where you're giving 50 and your partner is giving 50. There are going to be some days where it's 80, 20. And there, you know, there, so there are going to be those days where they're giving more than you and the days yes. where you're giving more than them, yeah. but you're still mm-hmm. going to get to 100%. And yeah. love wow. is, is a, is, it's a choice. Like you wake up every day mm-hmm. and you decide whether or not you're going to love that person today. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then kind of about, uh, you know, about children, he was, you know, he was like, you, you know, you're going to get married and people are going to start asking you, you know, when you're going to have kids. And you know what? He's like, it's not their business. You know, even if me and your mom are asking, like, it's not our business. Like that's, you know, that's, that's up to you. And so that was like, whoa, the, you know, that, that, that meant a lot. Like I, yeah. I have a, like a really good relationship with my parents and, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of like to, to hear that from someone that you love and respect and have, you know, looked up to for, you know, yeah. 30 plus years now, it's like, it was, it was really meaningful. I think that's so important to have those, those real conversations that like give you permission and also just are like, this is what real life is like. Like yes. some things are nobody's business, but your own. And I, I can actually relate to some of those conversations too, before Bryce and I got married, there were plenty of family who took us aside and was like, here's the thing. If you guys do decide to have children, that is your family. You call mm-hmm. the shots for that family. So you, you are law. And what, no matter what your mom says or what your dad says, or their, you know, the grandparents or other people mm-hmm. in the family, your core, like you write that law. Mm-hmm. Don't let anyone <laughs> try to change that law, right? So I think someone giving you that permission is like, mm-hmm. hey, huge. I just I needed that validation. So that's yeah. incredible that that you guys yeah. have that kind of support. And I like another thing that I, I distinctly remember when we brought Eloise home. Like we had we had a home birth, and or, so it was uh, like, uh, or I guess uh, it was a a birthing center. I really have to. Okay, it's gonna be it's oh, okay. So uh, yeah, it was 
you know, it was, we, we had a natural birth at a, at a birthing center with a midwife. It was, I mean, I think it was a really good experience. To talk. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it was good for her to like, I, I think she appreciates experiencing that. Mm-hmm. And I remember after, like, after we brought Eloise home, you know, it's like you, you have this kid, you know, you, you get taught how to, how to put him in the child seat. And then they're like, you know, two hours later, if, if that even like, all right, you know, your, your kid is fed one time, go home. And, you know, you mm-hmm. end up back at your apartment or your house or whatever. And you're just like, what, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, you know, Eloise was, she was like struggling to, you know, to latch and, you know, mm-hmm. to feed. And I remember calling my dad after, you know, like the first day and just kind of like in a panic of mm. what are we supposed to do? <laughs> and he gave me what at the time I just, I hated, but it, it blossomed into like, yeah, this is the advice that you need to give at this time. You know, he just, he listened to what I was saying and then he goes, well, he's like, you know what, son, you're going to figure it out. Yep. And oh my gosh, like, yep. you know, in, in the heat, you're like, I need no, answers. I, you need to give me the answer. I need to know what, but you know, it's. I need a checklist you, and yeah. I need to cross all my T's. <laughs> oh yeah. Every time I had anxiety about like, what am I going to do when I'm the only one left alone in the morning for the morning routine and cor- my friends and coworkers were like, you just figure it out. You just, mm-hmm. uh, you just yeah. adapt and you, you figure it out and you, mm-hmm. you'll I know what that- to do. The hard part of that was not being with family because, Mm. you know, if you're close to, you know, surrounded or living in the same place as family, like then, you know, the next day there's like, you know, your mom would be over making you dinner or something. Yeah. And we didn't have that. So that was really a challenge for both pregnancies. But, but I think mm. looking back, it was really nice because we, we got that first, you know, week to kind of figure out our routine and mm-hmm. learn, like learn about Eloise, learn about ourselves as parents and like mm-hmm. what we were going to do and how we were going to do it. So mm-hmm. then when, you know, grandparents started coming, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. we, you know, we had kind of that structure set up. This is kind of- yeah. It was interesting because I think I had a depression during my pregnancy. Well, I know I had depression during my pregnancy because I, I love babies, but I absolutely hate pregnancy. Like it is the absolute worst. I was not. What You were not. You were not. There was no glow. I I was not joyful. I was not like you know loving the belly that I had, and I was huge with my birth. Like I look at (laughs) pictures and I'm like, why did you not tell me how weird I looked? I did all the time. Mm. <laughs> and so, I was huge. And so, um, yeah, you know. Another truth, another truth that we need to also talk about. Not everybody loves being pregnant. Yes. Yeah. I loved it when I didn't have a bump yeah. and nothing was showing <laughs> yet. And I was like, I can still work out. And I, nobody even knows that I'm pregnant yet. And then it's like 20 weeks, yeah. 21 weeks is when you pop. And then it's like, Mm -hmm. now things start to hurt. And yeah, I was, I didn't have any serious, you know, nausea or anything like that. The heartburn though, nearly could have killed me. Yep. 
but yep. I didn't love being pregnant either. No, and I, weird. with Eloise, I was sick probably until the third trimester, like, and it was oh, so bad. No. I would be, like, on the metro in D.C. coming home from work, and I'd have to, like, get off early because of all the smells that would make me nauseous. Oh. I remember one time I went to the gay pride parade with some friends, and I was like, you know what, I need to get out of the house. I'm going to do this. It's going to be fun. Um, I didn't drink water that day, so I was dehydrated. And then, um, you know, I'm in DC is like insane humidity, like 90 mm -hmm. degree weather, where I'm like with them and I'm like, I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> like I have to, and we were close oh. to a Whole Foods. And so I threw up like inside Whole Foods. So. Um, <laughs> Did you have any food aversions? Um, Besides I, like the smell stuff? No, I remember I was hungry though. Like I, both pregnancies, I really wanted like protein, like chicken, meat. You were loving those olives for Eloise too. Yeah, I oh love God. olives. I remember Jake and I went out to eat one time and I had gotten like, <laughs> so funny. I had gotten like um, a double cheeseburger with like fries and then a side or whatever. And I ate all of it. And then I like looked at Jake and I'm like, I'm still hungry. And I mm. ate all of his food. <laughs> You're eating like, for two. I, yeah, I remember that same thing of just like constantly. And, yeah, and always hungry. I was clean eating at that time. So I'm like, okay, but now I want carbs. So it wasn't yeah. until like halfway through that I started like eating ice cream again and, and yep. carbs and French fries and. Yep. Yep. And then I had gone to a, um, chiropractor, like, uh, a, well, a mm -hmm. chiropractor who specialized in shout out to Dr. Andrino. He, yeah, the, yeah, his name was Dr. Andrino. He was like New York accent, just like some dude you would never think is a, a chiropractor for pregnant women, but he was like the best dude, he ever. Was the best. He was phenomenal. Yeah. Like, I think good. him we wouldn't it wouldn't have had it wouldn't have had, like a natural. Yeah, I had like issues with like my body and like certain like bones and stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. And yep. so he was, so he would like, you know, and he could turn the baby. So he's like making sure wow. I fed. it was so cool. So that was like a really cool thing. Good. And then labor came. Right. And that's like, as you know, you don't know what you're getting into. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I didn't experience natural labor. Oh, right. Yeah. But yep. either way, you don't know what you're going to no, get into. You, no, matter no. What you do. No. And I think for a lot of people, that's like the biggest fear is like, you don't know what to yep. expect with the first one of like, yes. what is this going to be like? Yeah. Am I going to die? Is it, am I going to rip yes. it two pieces? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we did birthing classes and, um, the person who did them was amazing and like very educated. Mm -hmm. Um, but even then you're just like, I don't know how this is like. I didn't, work. I think I was afraid to even do any of that. I was just like, I don't want to know. I just want to, my body will just figure it out and it'll be fine. And we'll be whatever. Like we didn't yeah. do any of that. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I think that like a lot of people don't do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's fine. Like you, mm -hmm. you do whatever you feel like you need to do. Mm -hmm. For us, like it, was, it was really helpful to kind of get into that mindset or at least like where you're, you're thinking about these yeah. things. Yeah, sure. You, you know, it gave a lot of really good information that, you know, that, that we wouldn't have really known. Mm -hmm. I mean, her, her labor was really long. Like, it was exhausting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was 24 hours. No. no For no, her, no. I mean, I, I fell asleep during it. But. <laughs> so lucky. I mean, like, I have a high pain tolerance. 
like I don't like being told what to do. So like <laughs> the nurses would be like, or the doulas would be like, you need midwives, like you need to move, like to get this baby out. You need standing, you need like, you know, all these things. And I'm like, screw you. I'm in so much pain right now. I'm not leaving this bed. And so I didn't, you know, progress. And so finally mm -hmm. after 24 hours, like it was probably like 23 hours or 20, whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, the midwife came in, she's like, listen, mm -hmm. you like are at the point where we're going to have to bring you to the hospital because you're not progressing. And I was like, okay, what do I have to do? And that's when it was like <laughs> within an hour, she came, she came, uh, came. The switch was absolutely flipped at that point in time. It was, I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to transfer at like, you know, six o'clock at night after yeah. being here for 12 hours. Oh my God. <laughs> or, yeah. So so yeah. you have a new a new baby one baby when did um so was that like the end game did you guys think that was like it you were just gonna mm. have one and that was gonna be it yeah so this is where we start to shift in our relationship there was a drastic shift because mm -hmm. i really all of a sudden loved becoming a parent mm. like i like i can't explain it i think too like i'm adopted and so there was something so healing about having my own blood because I had never had that before. Aww. And so it was really like, it was almost like a high where I was like, this yeah. is crazy. Like I never had siblings, so I didn't know what it was even like to have that. So mm -hmm. it was just like, dude, I want to keep doing this. Like, mm -hmm. and I didn't, I don't, I didn't want like 20 kids or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I like I could do this again. Yeah. Um, and then. I felt very differently. Like yeah, I think sure. early on, it was really hard for me to uh, to disconnect with Eloise. Yeah, I, Jake had some postpartum mm, depression. I didn't really want to be a parent. It was pretty apparent, and you know, kind of, it, it definitely kind of put a wall up between you know me and Eloise's relationship early on. Sure. And so we kind of you know went back and forth about you know she wanted to have you know another kid i didn't really want to mm -hmm. and that was kind of like the, the 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 back and forth i would say for you know for at least a year mm -hmm. yeah. and then and it really i would say changed our marriage dynamics i think because you know mm -hmm. you go into marriage thinking you want the same things and that you're going to continue to want the same things yeah oh yeah happen it really can cause some not damage but it can cause some real it's hurt. like some strife and some friction yeah you either breakdowns you know, yeah yeah those situations where you either you know work through them or you know where you don't mm -hmm. and, and things and, yeah, continue can, to deteriorate mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and i think too it um where we worked played a role because we weren't near family mm -hmm. so really yeah. our family was our co-workers and so mm -hmm. you know jake was in a place where you know people are going out you know after work and like mm -hmm. kind yeah. of that that restaurant lifestyle yeah, and then like my, party. my agency <laughs> that i worked for like I had really good support. I had, you know, mothers. I had like, mm -hmm. um, a fa you know, a family who really wanted to, like, they would like, I brought, I would bring Eloise to work. They would all watch her. Like Aww. they would take her into like their meetings, like, cause they wanted to hang yeah. out with her. And, like, well, know, of course really you supportive. felt supported and like, I could do this again. Like, even yes. though we don't have family here, like, look at this village that's wrapped around my family right now. Yeah. 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 So, 
um, it really started to feel personal, you know, at that, there was a point where I was like, he doesn't want to have a family with me. Like he doesn't even want to, it's about like, me. It, it felt, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It felt really personal. And so, um, mm-hmm. so I think, you know, we started going to counseling, um, which was really, it was good, really important, like phenomenal. I think, I, I think everybody can benefit from therapy. And I think a lot of times, you know, we, we focus on going to therapy when we feel like things are broken or they're beyond yeah. repair. Like, this is your last resort or, yes. you know, I am like, I'm a broken person if I go to, and it's like, no, yes. like mm-hmm. having somebody who is just impartial. Yeah. Who doesn't and, know you from Adam. Yeah, yeah. And who's like focused on, that's it. you know, just being like, being that steady person, you know, yeah. listening to you and you get like, it, it can be really, really important. It's emotional labor to put that kind of stuff on other people. And that's yeah. what therapists get paid to do. I, yes. I appreciate you mentioning no, that so much. Because um, I, I think more people need to normalize therapy in general. There's no it's shame totally in it. There's like husbands. I feel like, you know, especially in Minnesota. <laughs> really Men in Minnesota yes. need to normalize therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but what's that supposed to mean? No, you were fine. And so, um, (laughs) not you, babe. Um, no, I just kidding. But I think too, like, um, it was therapy that really helped me kind of get over that hump of like, Mm -hmm. it's not personal. It's just what Jake wants and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I was like, all right, like, this is what it is. Like, I'm going to start focusing on my career. I've always wanted to get my master's degree. That's always been kind of like a goal of mine in my life and so I was like I'm gonna start working towards that I um, applied to get my master's in social work at like a local you know college and so I was like this is the route we're gonna take and I had literally like I would I remember when the moment (laughs) this is so funny we had a friend who had had a newborn baby Mm -hmm. and we went to Jake's work party and I was like I, you know, I didn't have baby fever. And I was like, this is it. Like, I am so good. Like I told the mom, I held the baby and I'm like, you go get a beer, you go eat, I'll hold the baby. And you know, yeah. yeah. And so I was like, but I remember in that moment, like I held the baby and I didn't feel like sad that I didn't have one. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm good. Like I'm at peace. We're good. And I had like a beer and it was a fun party. And I was pregnant at that time. (laughs) Little did I know we had baby number two. So, wow. um, it's so funny how that works. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so then yeah, how did, we, how did that pregnancy go? Yeah, I think, so we were kind of like, um, I, you know, I remember I took the pregnancy test at work and I remember I didn't even like look at it for a while. Cause I was like, there's no way I'm pregnant. Like mm-hmm. it was so different than the first one. I didn't feel pregnant. And then I looked at it and it was like, okay, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and then I waited until I got home to tell Jake, I think. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, we were both, I think, sad because we had kind of moved on. Like, we were sure. just like, this is, you know. This, mm-hmm. Yeah, this was not what our life plan was anymore. And mm-hmm. so, okay, this changes everything. You're not going to go back to school. Yeah. We're, you know, we're going to. And I had gotten, that week I had gotten accepted to um, one of the top schools in the area. And Mm -hmm. I was like super pumped and I was like, this is going to be it. Like, this is going to be the best thing ever. You know, I'm going to 
whatever. And so, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, so that all came to a halt. And um, I had to kind of like reel my excitement back in. I had to like find it again because it was like, this is sure. what you wanted. This is what you paid sure. for. It. This is like what you like went to therapy for. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you know, come on. And so well, when you, I, I can understand that though, when you say you were at peace with yeah. moving on from that part, like you're like, okay, I closed that chapter and now I have mm -hmm. to figure out how to open it back up again. Yes. Cause that's, it's happening. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so, you know, it was, and I, I still think that when you're pregnant with a girl, the sickness is like out of this world. So I was still really sick mm. and, um, I had also, you know, I was sick and then I, I get migraines in general, but I had gotten a lot of migraines with Esther mm. early on. It was like one migraine after another. And then I had some weird like ligament stuff. It was very <laughs> not great. And so mm -hmm. um, I was just like in pain, like physical pain. I remember being like, this sucks. Like, mm -hmm. I, <laughs> I hate pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, should have listened to me. <laughs> You know, Jake, I think, was just kind of, like, processing it. Like, yeah. I don't know if I... When, when, I know exactly when she was conceived. And I, <laughs> and I remember, I was like, we're going to get pregnant. You know, but uh, I wouldn't okay, say that yeah. I was fully, like, fully at peace I mean, with you, it. you never know, too. Like, you know, you have that feeling, but of course, you didn't know. But yeah, I think Jake was like, oh, that was... That was the one. That happened. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> but, you know, so you're like, you're just going through and we're just kind of restarting that process again. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I, we were just talking about this the other day, like with each pregnancy, you're kind of like at a different spot in life. And we were pretty good at that point. Like financially, we were not like, you know, rolling in money, but we were like doing pretty well, I would say. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't as much of a concern, right? And so it was like, okay, like financially, we'll be able to pull this off. Mm -hmm. um, and then at six months, at her six month um, checkup or whatever, at the six month ultrasound, we were there and um, the nurse had, you know, had been looking for a while at my stomach. And I, you know, mm -hmm. and I was like, that's kind of weird. Like, she's just. We are like, we already knew what gender it was. And it was just kind of like. It, like, off. yeah, 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 and so, you know, mm -hmm, finally mm -hmm. she was like, I think, like, there's something on her, in her, like, on her brain, so I want to have, like, the doctor come in and look, and of course you're like, mm -hmm. and she, you know, she was very calm, and she's like, it might be nothing, you know, like, that whole thing. But yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. you go to, like, the absolute worst, she's like, my baby's dead. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my baby doesn't have a brain, what? Yes. And yeah. so, um, the yeah. nurse or the doctor comes in and looks and was like, yeah, like there's something here. And I, you know, in that same mm -hmm. appointment, she was like, you know, if you want, we can, you know, set up, we can take care of it essentially, if this is not what you want. And I was like, why are you asking me right now? Because I seriously am just yeah. processing what you just told me. Yeah. And you know, it was like, nope. And so we, then she's like, I'm going to make an appointment with a specialist and um, so in between that appointment with the specialist and it, you know, we're looking up like all, it was discovered in that appointment that it was a brain cyst, but there's several types of brain cysts. So we're like Googling like all that it could be. And of course you come to the worst case scenario. Yeah, there, I mean, there's like, there's two types of uh, a brain cyst that it could have been. Um, she has an arachnoid cyst. Yeah. 
so <laughs> we're um I don't know. So we're like going through you, the, you laugh now, but how are you processing that? It was that awful. In the, it was awful. During that time. Yeah. And, and you're in denial. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you're pregnant with a kid that like is in your stomach. Like it's literally attached to you in every way. And you know, you're talking to all these doctors and specialists and you know, like you yeah. said, they're laying out all the different scenarios that it could be from, you know, absolutely nothing to your child could be born dead. Yeah. So you're like you, you know, it's such a range of potential mm -hmm. that you can't you can't really start to process it until yeah. until after the baby is born. And I remember feeling at some point like this is what I get for not being happy about this. Like I really oh, felt man. like this was like if I had like because you know but like you know how they say that you know in utero children feel like the mother's emotions yep. and sure. like, all of that and I was the like blood memory. Mm -hmm. blood memory yep and so I you know it was really it was one of the darkest times and then we had Eloise who was like three at that or no two at that time so she, you know you want to make sure that your kid that's around is feeling like the, you know, those are crucial years and so you're trying to you know support their development mm -hmm. and then I work we're both working and we were just like zombies like you know we're just like going through the motions and our poor kid is watching like tv all the time because we're just like yeah you know emotionally like what's going on and so it would but the worst part of it was that there no doctor could give us specific answers it mm. wasn't like like we got an answer about what type is this but it was like we don't know what this is gonna look like it might grow rapidly well, she's in utero and that means mm. you go into surgery, like right then wow. and there, you know? Wow. So it was like, or, you know, and then they would be like, well, it might be fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, so there was all of these like emotions and just mm -hmm. like what ifs and doctors and, mm -hmm. um, so it was really like the darkest, I think, time of mm -hmm. our life. I would say I- Yeah, like collectively, like what we were sharing yeah. together. Absolutely. And I think too, like, I don't know if you've experienced this too, but when you go through any trauma in your life, like for some reason, pregnancy kind of brings that all up again. Oh, hundred percent. Because their hormones are completely. I think. I think part of it has to do, and I think I talk about this in my first episode about part of why I hated being pregnant so much was that being out of control. When you're you experience trauma, well, I, yeah. my trauma is connected to like sexual trauma, but but that being out of, you want to be in control. And I, maybe that's yeah. true for other kinds of trauma, but not no, being in control and not having answers, like that's going to yeah. bring up a lot of stuff for people. Yes. So. When you go through sexual violence, mm -hmm. I would say, yeah, when you experience such a bot, like such a physical, uncontrollable mm -hmm. experience, even though it's supposed mm -hmm. to be really beautiful and good, it's still mm -hmm. so traumatic. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but also too, like my mom had passed away when I was in high school. So there was always this like, like that, you know, like I remember always feeling like that was such a horrific time in my life. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you like, you know, you go through moments where you don't think you're going to survive and mm -hmm. all of that. And so you're like, nothing will ever be worse. I came out of it. I'm good. Mm -hmm. And then this, happens and you're like oh now I'm going through like this is the worst you know what I mean like you mm -hmm. just sometimes you don't think it get will get any worse and then things like you know with your own kid happen it's just like mm -hmm. yeah so 
there was a lot of unknown. She was born um, in a, you know, in a hospital. It was actually a really good labor. Um, and so, and it was all, you know, natural what I had with her. No, well, I mean, I did it without, I didn't have a C-section, I guess. Yeah, okay. But I did have an epidural. <laughs> that was amazing. I She's like, would no. recommend it to any mother listening. Um, but yeah, so, you know, and it was like, we, we, they wanted to make sure I was there when NICU doctors were on site and because they weren't sure if her brain was all of a sudden going to expand mm. or what was going to happen. Wow. And so um, while we were we had to go right from essentially we went from the hospital to the special like we had to go stay at the at NICU, yeah. at NICU to make sure she was so tiny that every nurse that came in the first thing they asked was is she is she premature how how premature is she and she like she was full time she was full time <laughs> but she how was much like did she weigh she was five pounds, five pounds. three ounces that's not much bigger than Benny was. Benny was four yeah. eleven, and he was five oh weeks God. early. Oh, really? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I remember that. Tiny little babies. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. They look like yeah. little old people. Oh, she, looked, she was so <laughs> she was mad. An old man. She was so mad. Was she wrinkly and like no fat on her bones? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, she had like a brow. Biggest, the biggest head ever. Yeah. She had like yeah. wrinkles on her forehead, so when yeah. she wrinkled her forehead, it would like all like. Yep. Like, yep. <laughs> That was Betty so, too. She had a lot of real estate on her floor. It's so cute. <laughs> yeah, so it was good, thankfully. Oh, I think, yeah. you know, it was um, it was good. And then all of a sudden, you know, one, we, we had to go every month to the, to the uh, specialty. Um, to, to, to determine something. Yeah. You get MRIs, and then they started getting fast MRIs just to like quick check MRIs. the growth. Yeah. Uh, so a fast MRI was, you know, it's basically 10 to 15 minutes to get, you know, just some imaging of the brain. Yeah. Wow. Well, and yeah, so as it turned out, it was, the cyst was growing essentially. Mm -hmm. And so it came to a point where the doctor was like, at three months, when she was three months old, we need to do surgery. And at that point, there was two options. There was like, um, you know, both of them obviously were brain surgery, but one was like mm -hmm. um, having a shunt, which is a medical device. The other was just like, you know, going in and trying to relieve um, pressure out of the brain, essentially. And so Jake and I disagreed on that. That was like another huge turning point for us is we did not see eye to eye on what we thought was best. Mm -hmm. And um, Tatiana really wanted a shunt because it, it had a higher success rate and I was absolutely against it because, mm -hmm. it, you know, you're putting something in somebody's body and there's, you're pretty much guaranteed that there's going to be complications later in life. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we, we did, you know, come to the agreement to do the, uh, to not do a shunt. So we did what, what was called a uh, endoscopic fenestration. So we mm -hmm. took a small little cut on the top of her head to try to reduce the pressure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we monitored that for the next couple of months and that one wasn't working either so then when mm -hmm. she's six months old um right around christmas we had to go in for another surgery mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so jake came up both times um you know to watch uh eloise and the oldest and um it was just like really hard you know obviously really hard but it was also just like mm -hmm. what is going on like mm -hmm. you're just in this like fog you're trying to survive and you're like, you know, going to, 
you know, you're sitting in a hot, a waiting room, just yeah. waiting for I mean, your kid to get out of brain surgery. Like it was you so messed up. Depressed? Go to a children's hospital like a week before Christmas. Yeah, and I remember we're sitting in the waiting room and we're trying to find the Wi-Fi signal, and it was like almost <laughs> like a comedy because it's like, are you kidding me right now? Like mm-hmm. we're in freaking, we're waiting to for our kid to get out of brain surgery, and here we are trying to find the Wi-Fi signal. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, you know, and I think I think it's really hard because you know, as a parent, you want to provide like a scaffolding of, of safety and shelter for your kid. You want to introduce them to struggles in a way where they can find success. Mm-hmm. And then here's this thing where it's like, you you have zero control over it. Mm-hmm. You can't even help your child. Like you're putting, you're putting like, it's this journey that your kid has to walk alone. Yes. Yeah. And when they're that young, it's like. Jeez, under a year, like I can't even. Yeah, so after that, we made some really hard choices. We're like, we have to go back to Minnesota. We have mm-hmm. to be closer to family. We don't know what her future is going to be like. We might need more surgeries, you know, like all these things. And um, so we, and it's hard because we were actually both doing pretty well work-wise. We were like, yeah. you know, where we wanted to be financially. And then we had like, then we were like, okay, we're going to move. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So in 2018, we moved back to Duluth and um, we lived with Jake's parents um, for the first year. And um, thank goodness, I think I should finish <laughs> Esther's, like, she hasn't had to have any more surgeries. Mm-hmm. She's doing completely fine developmentally. Mm-hmm. She yeah. She's like a miracle. Like, it's really amazing. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah, I mean, she, like, she was min- missing all those milestones early on. Like, she didn't crawl until she was over a year. Like, she wasn't walking until, like, well yeah. after we moved back to Minnesota. And then it was like, you know, so cool, like, to watch yeah. her blossom. I mean, she was, mm. she was constantly around adults who were, you know, talking and, it's you know, cool. giving, like, giving both of those girls attention, and it was just, like, she just flourished into a, yeah. a well-rounded little stinker. And now you, six, and Esther is three, and... Do you think that that maybe had something to do with the development, too? Like, yes. you all being in a fog and in yeah. survival mode, and, like, you didn't you didn't get to touch on it yet but like what was your village like in dc the support besides like family flying out occasionally yeah i think you know i had a really good friend um co-worker at work who had gone through um some similar um really painful and hard um things with her own twins she had had twins um she only thought she had one baby and then she like at like um like after six months she realized they told her there was oh my god and um yeah so but she the twins were born with a genetic um disorder and so Mm -hmm. they and they didn't know what it was so they went through a really um painful time and so I had her Mm -hmm. and that was really helpful and the most important thing she ever said to me was like it's not a race it's a journey like Mm -hmm. you're never like you're never gonna get there like I was always like okay the next appointment or the next like you know surgery like you're always looking for that next that's going to end it all and Mm -hmm. she was like it's never gonna like it is a a journey like it's a marathon and that was the most important thing I ever heard Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. can you um when we talked previously you told me about one specific night that was kind of like okay we're we're going back home like this is we're yes. done here yeah we had like 
you know, um, Esther had, we had just brought her home from the hospital. It was close to Christmas and, um, or no, no, we she's were been home. for her second surgery. Yes. Yep. And so, um, we're like, we're going to spend the, like the night with Eloise, our oldest. She, we really wanted to make sure this wasn't, I mean, it was going to be traumatic for her, but you know, to keep it like we still, you know, are a family mm-hmm. and, um, we had been so checked out. We're like, we're just going to do something. We're going to like go out to eat. We're going to take her. She loved to go to the play place at the mall, like all her favorite things. And we're like, we're going to do all of it. So we get to the mall, the alarm goes off, uh, somewhere in the mall. So we all like the mall had to leave. leave. <laughs> and people are like in survival mode. They're like running out of the mall. Like we're like, is there a shooter? Like what's going on? <laughs> oh no. So, <laughs> and so, <laughs> so that happened. And then we're like, okay, like we can't do this. You know, at this point, um, and it was snowing too, I think. Like there, a snowstorm in DC is like everything shuts down. Man. Like a foot of snow, like the town can't handle it. And so, yes. Yeah. So we obviously are fine. We're fine. That's why we're out. And, um, but no place was really open. And so we're like, okay, we're going to try to find a place. We drove around, nothing was open. And then we found one tiny diner near the mall and we go in and we're like, okay, we're just going to eat. Like poor Eloise. It's like eight o'clock at night. She's like tired. And, um, you know, we're like, we're still gonna do this. We're still gonna get like have a fun night as a family. We get we got there, family memory. and there's this waiter <laughs> who like they called Biscuit Boy. He would like sing the menu. He would like he, and, he would like sing songs that you know that like were popular that she knew. But then he would change the words to be about biscuits. Okay. And so like it just was one of those moments because it's mm-hmm. like tomorrow our daughter's having brain surgery, mm-hmm. and he, here we are. Trying to like, yes, yeah, like uh, here we are, and there's a man, like a 60 year old man, singing to me about freaking biscuits. And I just like, my kid is like loving it, and I'm just like about to lose it. Mm. And, um, you know, then we had the surgery, we went, um, a month later, whatever, we were gonna go meet Jake's parents in Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. for a meeting for Christmas. We get to Pennsylvania, and we couldn't get into the Airbnb, it's like 2 a.m. And we had the the Airbnb people weren't answering and we had nowhere to go. And then it's like a snowstorm in Pennsylvania. We got our car stuck on a hill. Jake had to push us up the hill at 3 a.m. Our kids are in the back seat. We had eaten dinner. No gas station is open. And um, it was kind of one of those added up. It was like, I can't, like, I'm going to lose it. Like, we have to go. Like, it was one of those things of like, it was funny though. And then we get into the Airbnb at like, 4 a.m. Yeah, I remember and like, then, their, they had, like they contacted their cleaner. And then the kid, you know, and then our kids wouldn't go to sleep and you know, mm. <laughs> the next day is Christmas. And um, me and Jake downed a bottle of wine and we're just like up all night. And, you know, the rest of his family gets there like all rested and happy. And we're just like, we got like <laughs> Christmas this year. And, um, you know, so yeah, it was just a moment of a few weeks of like, we have to make a change. We have to go mm. back home. We, it, you know, it was 2017 and it's like, that was mm. the worst year of our lives. We have to do something different. Mm. So then you're, you're back in Duluth and then how do things Duluth. move from there up to now? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, I think, because 
Um, you know, I got the job at North Holmes. We moved to DC. That day we got back that morning, or the next day, I'm sorry, we got back the next day at 8 a.m. I remember I had an interview at North Holmes. And um, so I go, I, you know, I got the job. I'm working, like, you know, the moment we get back, it's kind of like the best case scenario of like you have a job the instant you move back Mm -hmm. and so I'm working and I'm a you know doing mental health work and um Jake is still in the restaurant industry yeah so I I had applied for a management position at Pete Luce went through like went through the interview process and I I I felt really good about it I Mm, I genuinely thought that I was going to get the job and then I did not get the job so I was like well you know it's like figuring out what you want to do so Mm -hmm. I I applied at another restaurant and it was kind of starting literally from the bottom but Mm -hmm. I you know I like I knew like I knew what I could provide and Mm -hmm. I wasn't worried about that so I Mm -hmm. you know I I was starting to progress up and then I just randomly (laughs) got a call from uh, from HR because I told them to to keep my application on file Mm -hmm. and the other person that they hired just didn't work out (laughs) so shout out to being the second choice you know tortoise in the hair sometimes you're the first winner and yep. I mean, it, it's All been right. a, it's been a really, really great place yeah. to work. And, mm. you know, especially with everything that's been happening, um, you know, with, yeah. with, with 2020, but like, I will say, good. I think it was the hardest for our marriage because, in mm-hmm. our, you know, for, for our kids, it was mm. the best thing. They have mm. their grandparents, they have, you know, cousins, they have family and that has been amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think for us, though, it's been really hard because, um, you know, we work opposite schedules. Yeah. And um, then I started within this safe harbor program. And that was like, um, for anyone who's listening doesn't know, working with um, youth and the issue of uh, trafficking and exploitation. And it's a grant program. And Mel also works within this world. And so, um, but I, you know, I, I got, I you know got into this program and I was like I have to hustle like if I want to survive in this world like I need to learn everything I can so I was like you know in my agency was like you still have to finish out the school you're doing school stuff so you know like 7 a.m to 3 p.m I'm doing school stuff 4 p.m until probably like 8 or 9 at night I'm doing safe harbor stuff and so it became like I was never home I was like and then you know I would go to Uh, Minneapolis for trainings and meetings because I was like I gotta learn like I gotta do whatever I can to make this long term and so it was like a moment of like you're not going to be around right now and this is for the long term that's how I saw Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. it's it's not forever that's definitely something about this kind of work is like you you put in those hours ahead of time and it can yeah. it will pay off because where yes. if you choose to go somewhere outside of here like you've put the work in early on and i think that's yeah that can be important for your career it, and, and your really family is. yeah but it was hard because it was like you know jake was working evenings and luce is open late Let's not sugarcoat it. I was I was working until two thirty in the morning. Yeah, like, I I remember vividly us getting together, and she she'd be like, "Well, he's he's gone, and I we got to do our our girls' nights at our house because I'm with the girls. Yeah, I can't and, go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't so, go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we went from you know, granted, we didn't have family in D.C., but you know, we had a, a 
for babysitters yeah. that we trusted. So and his restaurant would nights. close at like yeah. 10, so yeah. no matter mm-hmm. what, he'd be home. You know, mm-hmm. it was all good. And now, you know, it was really hard for Jake's parents because they were watching our kids all the time. And, mm-hmm. and um, so they, you know, I they didn't. That wasn't what they wanted to do. They, you know, they, they wanted to be very involved and have a good relationship with the girls, mm-hmm. but they didn't want to be full-time babysitters, which yeah. was very understandable. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. kind of had to. We had, a, had to have a few, they had to have a few come to talk with us. Sure. And that was really hard because it was like, I am, you know, you like, you feel like you, as a person, a parent, you're like, I'm doing this to better our, our future. Yeah. You know, and right. that, of course, like, and I guess justify. in I guess in some families too it it's just seen as like that's just the role of the family yes. village unit like we just yeah and it, yep and I grew up with that like I probably lived at my grandma's house for mm-hmm. a long time yeah was like yep okay like grandma's taking care of you like you're good like and but I was mm-hmm. like one kid right and mm-hmm. so um and yeah. so. So yeah, that was my back, you know, like that's what family did. Like they mm-hmm. watched your kid in it day in and day out and like. Sure, sure. I mean, my, my parents, like they were absolutely like, they were, they were so wonderful. Mm-hmm. They yeah. were going above and beyond. Like they absolutely. were amazing, but you know, they, they just, they didn't want to be, yeah. you know, 40 hour a week babysitters, which mm-hmm. yep. completely understandable. Absolutely. So kind of had to craft and change our schedule mm-hmm. so that one of us was home most of the time and they were willing you know they're willing to watch the girls a couple days a week which mm-hmm. is you know, mm-hmm. wonderful but you know now that you're going means from, that we don't have any time together yeah. and and you know I, i've come i remember i was really resentful about it i think you feel like you're doing everything you can to be a parent you're doing everything you can to, to advance your career and your you know like this is going to be better for my family in the long run. Mm -hmm. And I also come at it from, you know, my mom passed away when I was 18 and my dad had to survive on one, you know, on his income. And I think about, you know, he had a master's degree, thank goodness. So it's, you know, if he didn't, Mm. we might've been like really bad off. So in my head, I'm like, always like, I have to survive. Like someday Jake passes away yeah. or it happens unexpectedly i have to know that i have the education I have the... when i pass away unexpectedly <laughs> i'll know, be there what... i'll be there <laughs> yeah. i'll but be the know, village i'll be the village yes yeah but you know so part you know and so part of that was like something that no one would understand unless they've gone through yeah that. absolutely but to me mentally i was like i'm doing what i have to do for my future <laughs> This, it, and it's things like that, that I, again, the truths of, and the realities of parenting out of your trauma, like losing mm-hmm. your mom was trauma. Mm-hmm. So you, you are functioning on that level of like, I need to always be prepared because one of us yes. cannot make it mm-hmm. a, yes. until, yes. you know, and, yes. and yeah. Yeah. I think that's very true. And then on the other side of the equation, it's like, you can't expect that somebody is going no. to have the relationship that you want them to have with, you know, yeah. with their grandkids, with their kids, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. So I think. Oh yeah. 
we definitely are experiencing that where there's some people where we like, oh, you were all excited and pressuring yep. us to have children. Yep. Where are yep. you in our yes. baby's life? Uh, yes. You wanted yes. to invite yourself to my wedding, but you're not going <laughs> to call and check in on how Benny's it's doing. It's so true. But he's yeah. almost two and you don't know what his favorite book is. Like, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes too, it's like people love the idea of it more than yes. reality. Right? Good, great point. To, to yep. tell everybody, I've got this niece or nephew or this grandchild, Absolutely. and this is one. But it's like, yeah. it's the story. In it, Absolutely, know? it's not so about the relationship, and that's what it. Yeah, uh, that's to me what family is. Like, yes. family is about relationships. Yes. We create our families. If you're chosen, or if you're, or if you're not, yes. or if you're assigned, and if you're, yep. And I think, um, I don't know if you've experienced this with parents, but um, I have, um, for many reasons, my dad is amazing and um, I respect him and I love him. But I think there have been some things, obviously, that pull you away from that relationship. And so um, it's been really hard, like, to not like me and him were so close that I just assumed that relationship would be passed down. And it, he loves my kids. Like they love him. The relationship is very healthy, but Mm -hmm. I would say there's always that like other layer when you have a blended family, like we do. And so, um, it really has been kind of like a lot of like resentment about certain Mm -hmm. situations. And so Jake has been really helpful I mean, like, you can't put your anger on your kid's relationship with their grandparents. Yeah. Like, that's not fair to anyone. Yeah. And so it's been really helpful to have that perspective. Mm-hmm. But I would say, I see that a lot with families, is that there's so many dynamics that it's not enjoyable, like, enjoyable for the kids because you're yeah. putting that on them. But Jake early on was like, you have to let the girls decide what type of relationship they're going to have. And that's yeah. not your relationship. Like, that's yeah, not for you to decide. True. And so I was like, oh, dang, he's right. It's so true. it's really hard, though. And relationships right now, I mean, what does that even look like in, in mm-hmm. COVID? I mean, yeah. the, the first shutdown, I, the only people we were seeing was some of my immediate family um it Bryce's family is a little different so um we were seeing some of his but I mean now in times of COVID I really think my our our kids my kids our my child is getting cheated out of his village that could is there to raise Mm him yeah what do you guys what is relationships look like for you guys right now I think with that there's like the other layer of everybody views it differently and mm-hmm. you know so you can go from you know so it's like how are we viewing and treating the situation what do we you know what expectations do we do we place on our children for that mm-hmm. so i mean our like i mean certainly our circle has has gotten a lot smaller mm-hmm. um i mean we you know we spend a lot of time still with uh, with my parents so they get you know they get that with their grandparents um they you know they play with uh like the neighborhood boy some. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, Eloise has been lucky that she, uh, the, the school that she's going to is, you know, it's a smaller class size mm-hmm. and they have in-person learning and, 
you know, you cross your fingers and you, you know, you hope that they have a good plan. Cause it's like, man, you know, I mean, it's so hard at that age. They, it's like, you, you need that interaction. Like mm -hmm. a six year old needs interaction in a setting away from their parents so Absolutely. they can with their peers so they can see, Oh, like how, you know, how am I supposed to act? How, you know, yes. when this happens, if there is, you know, if there's a situation, if there's a frustration, how do I deal with this? Mm -hmm. you, you need those things to, you know, to, to learn about your own autonomy and to, mm -hmm. you know, to grow as, as a unique person outside of the relationship with your parents. Absolutely. And so, so I think that's been really good for her. And I, it's like, man, you know, I, I worry about a lot of kids because you know, they may not, they may not get that same opportunity and mm -hmm. it, it, you know, there's, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be a generation of kids that, you know, that grows up with, you know, with this being, you know, in the forefront yeah. of their memories and. Absolutely. That's so hard. Yeah. I think like, um, COVID, like our, I mean, our kids are young enough where they don't like Eloise knows there's like something going around. She kind of basic, she has a general idea, but. She knows the words. Like you know, she would say, oh, it's COVID or oh, the virus, but it's <laughs> like, virus, yeah. does she really, does she really fully comprehend what it means? Yeah. No. Yeah. But I think too, we're at a, it's an interesting shift because we were, you know, with Esther being three, you're kind of out of that baby phase. And so now we're in like, Eloise is in school. You're in a, we're in a different phase of parenthood. And that's really weird because when you're in that infant baby phase, you're like, this is bad. <laughs> like, yeah. it's never like our life is going to be so, and then everyone always tells you like it goes so quick or you know it doesn't last forever and you don't when you are in it you're like screw you whatever like my kid's never gonna be five <laughs> we just can't picture what that's like you know and so There's nothing to base it on yes yeah mm -hmm. and um so now we're at a phase you know i'm in grad school i'm working and i still i am you know i am a workaholic i will say i really like work and i have told you too like sometimes i work when i feel like you know, with me. yeah, or when I feel like, I, you know, like, <laughs> here's the thing, when you work a lot, um, you obviously aren't home. And so like, those times when you're not home, you're not, your kids don't get to know you and you don't get to know your kids. And so yeah. it's sometimes it's easier to like, continue on in that, with that instead of facing that. And so sometimes like, it's so hard to be a mom sometimes that I'm like, I would yeah. rather just be working like this is yeah. elite, like this is easy to me now yeah i mean you can find like that success that yeah you can grow like it's easy. or it just feels it's, good it's a lot easier to doing. talk to adults than, than the kids. yeah like, i mean the, the love like the and depth so, and level of conversation is yeah so i think that's i don't know i think when you have a baby and you're like <laughs> you know you're like this i love this and then you know your kid yeah I mean, get, like, it gets harder and it gets different and for me it's like, I would, you know, some days it's like, I'd rather be working right now. Like, this mm -hmm, is just, mm -hmm. you know, and I think I've even told you, I'm like, I'm so glad tomorrow is Monday, but it's, it, it, you know, I think that's a reality for many parents. And I think it's good to talk about because people feel really a lot of shame over that. I think what's unique too, though, um, and we've talked about this a lot is like, I, because we are so similar and that we're passionate about our work, I think that just it can be so natural to do that to like yes. be a distraction from our real life like i'm just gonna yes. go 
do my work because it fuels my fire and like this is what I'm most passionate about and I'm doing the the work you do is incredible and yeah I can I can I can definitely relate to that for sure yep yep yeah so we're at an interesting spot now it's been Mm -hmm. a wild ride that's for sure Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but and I, I remember like people saying it gets easier, but it gets harder in so many different ways. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. so weird. And now I get it like a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, with, I mean, with a newborn baby, it's like they're, they're analog devices. It's, it's input and output. Like, mm-hmm. you, yeah. Can you not kill this thing? Cool. <laughs> you're a parent. And now you're like forming like a, a you know, a future adult, like yeah. making sure that they have like solid morals and like they understand. And right their and personality <laughs> is and their testing yeah. boundaries. And yeah. yeah, there's definitely crazy phases, yeah. I think, in each step of the way, yeah. for sure. And I think um, now I'm kind of at a spot where I'm like, I could do this all over again. <laughs> Like, we're great parents. Like, I mean, so I just want to say that she could, but she's not going to unless that's with her next husband. (laughs) So So she she is living vicariously through other friends of ours. Yes, we have a lot of friends right now. She does... She does ask me all the time when I've said certain things. She's like, Mel, do you have baby fever? And I'm like, no, get off my back. I'm just... Can I just make a comment about maybe considering something? And she's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have baby fever talking? I sure do. Yep. 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 And I think there's part of it too. My first two pregnancies, one, the first one I wasn't happy about. The second one was hell. I want to, like, I think there's part of it. So the third one, you're going to just be thrilled about. Surrogate. No. Third one's a surrogate. Yes. But there's something, like, you know, I'm like, I want to have, like, a normal pregnancy. Like, I want to, like, I'm at a point where I'm, like, I could be super happy about it. What is a normal pregnancy? What is a normal pregnancy, I know, right? Though? I don't know. I don't know. I don't you know. But to, what like... I think emotional-wise that I'm, like, really genuinely happy about. Um, okay. Okay. But, yeah, but there okay. is no such thing as a normal <laughs> pregnancy. But I think, uh, like, you know, in your, in your like, <laughs> trauma brain, right? Like, that was trauma. I think part um, of, Yeah. You, yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I don't, I wasn't, I can't. This happens to us every day, Jake. That's where we're, that's where we're at now. But it's, it's good. Like, I think we're kind of, we've kind of come full circle with how things are, have been. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like marriage, marriage is really unique. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times, people get married for the wrong reason. You know, they get married because mm-hmm. I'm attracted to this person. I like, I love this person. And you, you don't really know what that means. And you know, this person that you are dating, this person that you're marrying is not the same person that you're going to be married to five, mm-hmm. 10, 15, you know, 20 years from now. So it's like, sure. you know, it goes back to that decision. And mm-hmm. you know, some days you wake up and you're like, I'm, I'm really happy. And some days you roll over and you're like, oh, it's you again. And <laughs> yeah. that's okay. Yeah. yeah. I think, like, here's what I, if I ever write a book, it'll call the, be called the Pisces Divorce because <laughs> there was a time when um, we were living at, you know, living with his parents and we were going mm-hmm. through a really hard time in our marriage. 
I was kind of at a point where I was really like, can we keep going like this? Like, can we even do this? Like, I don't want to be, if this is what marriage is and what it's yeah. going to be for the next forever, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, so we had like, um, I, you know, I was at that point and then Jake and I were trying to spend more time together and he's really active. And so he was like, let's go for a bike ride. And they went for a family bike ride. Nope, it was just the two of us, and um, he is, like, doing it for exercise, and I hadn't been biking, but, you know, parents got us these really beautiful bikes, and so um, my seat kept, like, sliding down, like, it wasn't, like, screwed in well, it kept loosening, so I would slow down, and then at the end of all of it, he, like, is going uphill, he's, like, killing it, he's, like, at the top, and I had to get off my bike and, like, walk up, Mm -hmm. and we get to his parents' house, and I'm, like, man, my seat keeps, like, going down like and he's like and, and it's so funny now everyone's gonna be like oh my gosh but he was like well maybe if you exercise more it wouldn't go down and in that moment Mel I was like this is it We're like done. I'm gonna go print off divorce papers right now <laughs> like I was like th- like that was like the comment this needle that broke the on a camel's back and um she, she did she didn't for the record she didn't i no. did look into it though so oh um <laughs> so, so you know so there's always those turning points in every yeah. relationship always and they're so stupid sometimes like that's the point of that story is like yes. it was such a stupid thing and jake shouldn't have said that but i also think you know he wasn't wrong. I probably could have been working out more. You know what I mean? Like, there's always mm-hmm, those, like, mm-hmm. truths and everything. Yeah. Um, and it's really funny now. But, yeah, everyone has those. Yeah. And you I either you either get divorced or you... <laughs> over a, over a bike seat. Yes. Oh, my God. The bike seat divorce. Well, you know, I mean, those situations, it's like, it's never about that thing. Yeah. Like, you know, when you're, like, when you're... Yeah. Deeper roots. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, if I write a book, my book is going to be called It's Not About the Pizza. Well, you'll learn when you read my book. You know, I just got to drop those little breadcrumbs so it keeps you interested. (laughs) Well, so one thing we haven't covered yet in your story is um another i think important are your situation that's right that's what this is whole this whole episode is called that's right your situation tell me more about your situation so we we had been house hunting in earnest for probably three to four months yeah this is the situation and we and we finally finally found a house that you know that we really liked uh we put a bid on it and our realtor comes back and she goes, well, um, you know, somebody else uh, put it, put in a bit as well. But the, uh, you know, the, I told the sellers about your, uh, you know, your situation. And so to, to, to let you know a little bit, uh, our realtor, she is, you know, about 80 years old, just a wonderful, like grandmother type personality. And so I'm like, okay, you know, let me, let me talk with Tatiana. So I, you know, I tell her that if we, if we, you know, meet the other person's offer, um, that, you know, because of our situation that the realtor told, uh, told the, <laughs> yeah. the sellers about that, you know, we would get it and Tatiana goes. Well, and he's so nonchalant. He's like, and the realtor is going to tell them about our situation. Like, this is like a common thing. And, and I'm like, what? 
Like, what's the situation? So I go, well, you know, the, you know, the fact that we're in an interracial relationship. <laughs> so Tatiana's like, what? I don't even want this house. Like, like I'm, like I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Like, I'm sure it's, you know, that we, like, we moved back to Duluth to be close to the family, like, you know. <laughs> and you yeah. never found out the an the true answer no. to what she meant by your situation. No, I think you know it, who knows what it was. I'm not gonna podcast like, yeah. that will be forever etched in time. But yeah. um, I think yeah. So we you know for people who are are listening to us who can't see us, we are um, an an interracial couple, and so. Um, the weird part about it, so I'm adopted from Central America, um, but I grew up in in Wisconsin, northern Wisconsin, in an all-white family. Um, and so I, and I grew up in an all-white school. I, you know, maybe there was maybe like a few, you know, kids of color that would come and go, but I was like literally the only person of color in my entire school for a very, like until I graduated. Mm -hmm. And so I just really never, well, there's a few things there, right? Like I never identified as the person of color mm -hmm. because, you know, no one around me identified as that, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then two, like I learned very quickly that in <laughs> Northern Wisconsin and Northern Minnesota, it's not super great to be identified as a person of color. So there was like a, in you know, and then all early childhood trauma, like a lot of things mm -hmm. piling mm -hmm. on of that comment. But yeah, yeah, I just never, so I never saw myself as like this Hispanic person. Mm -hmm. um, I remember the first time that she told me that, like it, it, it blew my mind. Mm -hmm. like I, that I mean, she was I, adopted? What part? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, at, at first, like, I, I mean, I, I, I learned pretty early on in our relationship that she was adopted. But mm -hmm. when I, I mean, when I first met her, that, you know, that, that wasn't brought up. So yeah. I, you and know, I yeah. look kind of like my dad. Like, mm -hmm. in the summertime, my dad gets really tan. He has insanely curly hair. So mm -hmm. people always actually thought that, like, my mom must have been, like, black, and my dad was just mm -hmm. also very tan. So, mm -hmm. you know, I never, yeah. <laughs> never, like, yeah, but more like when she told me that she never identified, like that she identified oh, sure, as a white sure. person. I was like, yeah, yeah, it it makes complete sense though. Yeah, but, you know, in that moment, it was. And it's those little like microaggressions, right? Like, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, I grew up in a like a law enforcement family as well, so um, this might be the first time my dad's hearing about this. He listens to this, but I. Um, had several encounters with law enforcement as a high school student mm -hmm. and they would always start really horrifically like they would always start really aggressively they would always start mm -hmm. really whatever but they always ended good because of who they found out my family was like mm -hmm. every single time mm -hmm. and so um, I remember and it wasn't until George Floyd that I really thought about it mm -hmm. um, where it was like Oh, like, because I was always so focused on, like, I got away, or, like, you know, I got, like, I got let go, I got away with whatever, in quotes, or, um, mm -hmm. you know, I was always focused on how it ended, mm -hmm. and not on how it began, and why it ended the way it did. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's been an interesting journey, 
and still in you know where we live there it's it's people are learning and George Floyd situation and his murder has brought a lot of things to light in Minnesota I think mm -hmm. but absolutely it's, I mean it's opened up the conversation and hmm. you know if I'm never going to understand what that's like Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, I've never, never experienced anything like that. So it, it, it you know, I, yeah. I, I don't know, you know, what she, what she went mm -hmm. through, like what the beginnings of those situations were like. I know she got pulled over a lot more than I did when we were living yeah. in the cities. Yeah. Like, mm. certainly we've gotten, you know, we get looks and. Oh yeah, it, and it, you know what though? Like, it's funny it because matter. we would, you know, when we were mm -hmm. dating, we'd go out. We'd go out to like the local dance place. Mm -hmm. um, Grand -grandma. And I always do remember, <laughs> like ever since I was young, I have always gotten um, attention from people of color, like people of color, mm -hmm. and got hit on by, you know, um, men of color. And I was always like, why are they hitting on me? Like, I know it sounds mm -hmm. stupid to talk about, not that I was like, I'm not saying like, why would they find me attractive? But I was like, why sure. me? Because I don't sure. like, what are you seeing? And my friends would always be like, Tatiana, like you're, like what are you talking about? Like you're Hispanic. Like mm -hmm. everyone wants to, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, talk to you or whatever stupid thing it was. But mm -hmm. um, Jake would always notice those little slights more and mm -hmm. I would always ignore them mm. because I was always like, so I don't maybe want to admit it but I, or whatever, but I was always like, you know, he started to realize more how we would get treated when we would go out. Mm -hmm. Do you think a lot of that came down to just like survival though? To like, yeah. I mean, to be yeah. addressing every single microaggression yeah, or way you're getting treated differently. Yeah. Like it's survival to be dismissive, yeah. dismissive. And I yeah. think that's along different but similar lines of like how yeah. um, people who are cisgender women who we just happen we for survival we ignore like sexual harassment type things mm -hmm. you know um we, yeah. we can't address and think about every single thing that happens because then we have no. to like look at yeah, the yeah like of the especially situation. as women it's like right you can't mm -hmm. like it's impossible you have yeah. to compartmentalize but it's been interesting mm -hmm. having kids that's for sure because mm -hmm. um yeah, I mean, even at like, you know, our, um, I think I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say, I think, but I think that like, um, we walk into places and if Jake walks in first, hmm. like I noticed that like he gets like, you know, accepted a little bit more. And then when I walk in behind, I always almost notice like a look of like, they're trying to figure out like because and you know whatever like esther is lighter she's looks white eloise is a little darker and mm -hmm. so they're trying to figure out like is this a blended family like what happened here are these kids you know what's their situation yes what's the situation <laughs> with these kids like did she have one and then like with you know with a different person like you know i always yeah. see that these thoughts and our daughter goes to a really great christian school and so mm -hmm. Um, it's been interesting. I think Tatiana is the only parent who has pink hair. Yeah. And then I get tattoos and mm -hmm. I love her tattoos. Every time I, I see her. Christian education teaches against Tatiana has it. My 
finger tattoos yeah mm -hmm. but you know what the funny part is i got all this like these tattoos and the pink hair because i wanted to be like rebellious and look weird in dc and not fit in with your typical like dc professional mm -hmm. and here i feel like i don't stick out because everyone is like a hipster with like crazy colored hair so i'm it's always true. like uh, I'm not anything special. <laughs> no, I know. And that, that's where I, why I started getting all the tattoos and piercings. Because I was like, here I am, some blonde-haired white girl looking yeah. like everybody else. So <laughs> I'm going to do the weird things that girls aren't yeah. supposed to do. And I'm yes. going to be unique. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's man. so funny. Well, but, thank you guys oh so you, much for for joining me on the podcast. I could talk to you guys for hours and hours and yes. maybe we'll have you back for who knows what in future episodes. Maybe we'll get together with, with you guys and me and Bryce. We'll just do yes, a recorded chat that. or something like that. But but anyway, we're going to wrap this up here and um, and thanks so much. And thanks so much, everyone else, for, for tuning in. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Have a good one. Hey, are you interested in being interviewed for the Parent Chat Podcast? If you are, you can email me at parentchatpodcast at gmail.com or anchor.fm forward slash parentchat forward slash message. That's anchor.fm forward slash parentchat forward slash message. Trying saying that. 10 times fast bet you can't because it's really hard i just tried <laughs> and you say mommy Dad.